Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Good morning. This is Kendall Clemens, granddaughter to veterans and friend to many veterans in Sunnyvale, California. The first reading is Psalm 37, verses 1 through 17. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephorites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. 
Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back to you, to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is much more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand is turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Philemon Verses 1 through 25. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge not to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit.
Good morning and welcome to the fourth Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings are uh, come to us from Kendall Clemens and they come uh, f- uh, from Psalm 37, uh, the first chapter of the book of Ruth, and finally uh, the entire letter of Paul regarding Philemon. Um, and the... I, I noticed as soon as Kendall started reading that there's a lot of background noise. Uh, maybe she didn't have a choice um, uh, with her surroundings, but I also didn't... I, didn't, I haven't said much about where you might record as a co-host. And so in the background, you can hear... Um, so I'm. So she may not have thought of it uh, to try and be in a quiet place. But in the background, you can hear people talking and... Uh, at, at some points, I was listening, and I could actually kind of make out conversations. Um, and she's clearly in a, a busy place full of people. And that's really um, providential because that's that's what this morning's readings are about. Um, the psalm kind of stands alone, but with Ruth and Philemon, it's all about um, not getting to choose and yet choosing... Uh, the people that you're with, the community that you're a part of. Um, and it's it's like family. You don't get to choose family. We think that we get to choose our friends, but I don't think that we really do. Um, with uh, Naomi and Ruth, uh, Naomi is this mother who has two sons, and they get married and have children, um, but the children and the sons die, and she's left with two uh uh, daughters-in-law, and the one, Orpa, she um, she heeds uh, Naomi's encouragement to go back to her own people, um, which she's entirely free to do socially. Um, she has no connection with Naomi anymore, in, as far as society is concerned. Um, she hasn't, you know, the, her her children are not her are not Naomi's grandchildren, and her husband is is not her son they're they're gone and Ruth on the other hand her other stepdaughter for whatever reason chooses to stay with Naomi and her people um, and the beautiful thing about Ruth is that there was no there's no compulsion she didn't have to do it she was totally free to return to her own people find another husband and and regain the social status that she had um, by having a husband and and children, but she doesn't. Uh, she chooses to remain with Naomi for whatever reason. And I think this story was kept because of the audacity of uh, of Ruth's hope um, that she loved Naomi, and she decided um, entirely against all reason, um, and even you know against. I don't know, any kind of pragmatic sense of I need some kind of social stability which requires a husband and is helped by having children. Um, And so she almost throws off all conventions to be with this woman that she's fallen uh, in love with as a a mother. And Philemon, um, similarly, is this... I, I love the letter of Philemon. Uh, you should go to its Wikipedia page. It has a lot of good starter material, but in a, in a nutshell, Philemon is um, the uh, Philemon is 
a Christian, and he's a slave owner. And Onesimus, the letter about the the person about whom Paul's letter is written, Onesimus, which is a name that means useless, um, Onesimus was his slave. And as far as we could tell, he ran away uh, from Philemon, and he finds Paul. And unfortunately, Paul and Philemon are close. Um, And Paul is struggling with what it means to be a part of a community. Hebrews had uh, a, 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 a mixed relationship with slavery. They allowed it, um, but it, was, it had very strict limitations. Um, and as a Christian, or as a Jewish Christian, um, Paul clearly had some reservations about slavery. But he also um, held on to um, both his prior... Um, tradition as well as a certain amount of pragmatism. He does not... So uh, Onesimus runs away, finds Paul, and Paul is left with basically what could be looked at as harboring contraband, to use you know, antebellum uh, American language. And Paul's decision, his choice, is return Onesimus to his quote-unquote owner or to keep him and face a rupture in the church if Philemon took umbrage to it, which he probably does. And so in this letter, it's this amazing rhetorical uh, play. Um, Paul, Paul tells Onesimus to return to Philemon with this letter. And the, uh, the, 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 just the craziness of this letter has even led some scholars to believe that in fact it was Onesimus that collected a bunch of Paul's letters such that we now have them. Um, Onesimus, we know, returns to Philemon. That's how Philemon gets the letter. Um, And in the letter, Paul basically says, look, you owe me. I know you're going to do the right thing. And Onesimus is a part of your family now. Uh, The difficult choice that Onesimus faced was if Philemon was a severe taskmaster, as the Hebrews had in Egypt... If Philemon was abusive, Onesimus wouldn't have wanted to return, and that's probably why he ran away. Um, and so this difficult choice of who our family is, who the people are that we surround ourselves, um, is one that we make and yet one that we don't make. Um, the people around us can be, um, you know, onerous and cantankerous and annoying, um, but they can also um, multiply our joys and um, it's, it's within a community that we become and are, are able to be the body of Christ. Um, and this is particular timely uh, for Laura, or I'll say for myself, um, because just yesterday on Sunday, uh, the church that we're a part of now um, engaged in some really difficult conversations around personal interactions and um, social expectations and, and norms um, and it was at, at its face if somebody walked into the room the parish hall where we were um, sitting they probably would have thought that this church is in danger um, that you know some people are going to leave and it's you know maybe going to be a whole thing um, but I came from another church that was unable to have open transparent, 
conversations about what it meant to be the community of God and the body of Christ. And so I saw something quite beautiful. Uh, These people who were willing to sit down together as a family and have difficult conversations about uh, pain that had occurred um, and pain that had been multiplied as a result of uh, the actions of otherwise well-intentioned people. Uh, People who did not want to be there um, had the courage to come and sit down and be the the body of Christ with one another by engaging in communion um, beyond just the altar table. Um, And I see reflections of that in in Ruth and in um, uh, Onesimus in this weird relationship we have with community where... um, if we think that we can choose our community, you won't really have community. You'll have other people that you surround yourself with because of, of how, um, of, the, of the warm and fuzzies that they give you. Community requires that sometimes we sacrifice so that others might get the warm and fuzzies. A lot of communi- communities of choice are much more difficult um, to be uh, to make truly reciprocal, to make truly um, um, community. Because being the body of Christ, at the very least, I, I suppose you could have you know, unhealthy communities. But being a real community, being the church or a church, uh, means that sometimes you sacrifice the warm and fuzzies that you want for the warm and fuzzies that someone else needs. Um, and that's... That's, I think, um, what's so beautiful about um, the the nature of community, and you know the background, <laughs> the background noise in Kendall's recording. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I realize maybe other uh, podcasters might be upset, but I think having that background noise is a reminder that we are a part of these communities, and we can't control them. Um, we kind of accept them and uh, do what we can with them Uh, whether or not they bring us things that we want um, uh, I think isn't the point I think the point is that sometimes we don't really get to choose and community maybe it is ultimately a choice every day to continue being the kind of people worthy of one another uh, by being the people who know that sacrifice is uh, the central configuration of, of what it means to be our kind of community, which is Christian. A prayer for the unity of the church from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Savior, the Prince of Peace, give us grace seriously to lay to heart the great dangers we are in by our unhappy divisions. Take away all hatred and prejudice, and whatever else may hinder us from godly union and concord. That, as there is but one body and one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, so we may be all of one heart and of one soul, united in one holy bond of truth and peace, of faith and charity, And may with one mind and one mouth glorify you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where PPUHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.